this. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, and we would love for you uh, to borrow one or to keep one. If you don't own one, then you can keep it, uh, and we would be glad for you to have it. Uh, just throw your hand up and let them know that you need one. Uh, and today we're going to the book of Psalms. And so, uh, uh, but Psalm uh, chapter 98 uh, is where we're going to start out today. And we're going to do a little jumping around here and see kind of how this goes. Uh, but uh, uh, as Nathan mentioned, we're talking through uh, the song today, Joy to the World. Uh, and, and this song uh, got adopted into, uh, <coughs> excuse me, into quote-unquote, being a Christmas song along the way, uh, even though its original origin was really talking about uh, Christ's second coming uh, and, you know, the coming still to come for us that we are excited about. Uh, and the truth is, is that uh, it, it fits great uh, to be able to uh, celebrate both and, uh, and to be excited and to have hope in uh, Christ to come. And uh, uh, the writer of Joy to the World's name is Isaac Watts, uh, and Isaac wrote the song uh, and first published it in 1719 uh, in a collection that he did called the Psalms of David. This is a pretty long title. The Psalms of David imitated in the language of the New Testament and applied to the Christian state and worship. That's the name of the book. And so, uh, but it was, it was a collection, uh, it was a collection of songs that he had written. Uh, and uh, man, just a a powerful song, as we as we well know, uh, and uh, is uh, considered to be uh, probably the most. Uh, and I don't know how they gauge this, but uh, as read on Wikipedia, uh, the most published uh, Christmas hymn in North America. Uh, and so, obviously, it's it's one that it kind of spans across all kinds of things. In fact, uh, you know, not just not just the church, but the world at large knows this song. Uh, in large part due to um, it just being so popular and so famous over the years. Um, now this, this song uh, brings to us some amazing things for us to look at through Scripture, and, and, and that's part of what I wanted to look at today. And in fact, we actually know, which is pretty cool, we actually know the passages in which Isaac wrote the song kind of influenced by. And, 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 you know, we don't, you don't always know, you know, that's that kind of the behind the music. Remember the VH1 behind the music? Remember that? Who didn't love a good behind the music? I mean, right? You know, like you could watch the Def Leppard behind the music like 20 times. And every time when it got to the, when it got to that one, you know, the drummer loses, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, gosh, it's like it happened all over again, right? Pour some sugar on me. Um <laughs> Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, behind this song, we actually know the scripture in which this song was influenced to be written about. And, and, it, and it really, really stems from Psalm 98. Now, there's a couple of other passages, and we're going we're gonna to hit those too. Uh, but Psalm 98 is really, really kind of the big, the big one. And so I wanted to study through, I wanted to, I wanted to read through Psalm 98. I don't, have a t- I don't have time to like teach every little thing about it, but I at least want to read through it and then talk through the song itself. Psalm 98, verse 1. Let's just read this together. And the, the title, and if, if you have, a, have your Bible open or whatever, uh, we probably don't have it on the screen, but there's little titles in the Psalms where David 
was writing these, and a lot of times they would have a title to kind of prep you for what's coming. And the title over this psalm, which is really a song, uh, is Make a Joyful Noise to the Lord. So even Troy can make a joyful noise to the Lord. All right. Uh, verse 1, here we go, Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation and has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the sight, I'm sorry, faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Now, I'll kind of stop here because even, even this, is, uh, this psalm is even written in kind of stanzas, if you will, and, and that first part uh, is a bit of a stanza. Uh, and, and so, I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, as I read through this psalm and I think about Isaac Watts writing Joy to the World, what, what kind of comes to me, and I don't know that this is true, I haven't, I haven't read this anywhere, we don't have... We don't have the actual behind the music from Isaac uh, to really go by here, but uh, I I really feel like Isaac. This this probably came out of Isaac spending time with the Lord, like probably just just spending time with the Lord. And as a writer, in doing so, he is responding to what God is calling him to do through the Scripture, and and so O oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Okay, well, if I if I'm a, if I'm a songwriter and uh, you know and you know I'm reading that I'm like oh I'm supposed to sing a new song. Okay, well, uh, what new song am I going to sing to him? Uh, I guess I need to write that, you know, kind of thing. And so there's this response that's happened to this passage. It says, you know, again, verse one: Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things, marvelous things. You know, I mean, those, those two words, marvelous thing, I mean, we, could, we could just like read that and just without really thinking much about it, just kind of be like, you know, oh, marvelous things. Well, I mean, marvelous things, uh, what marvelous things? Well, he begins to talk about it right here. It says, his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. If you, if you, if you pay close attention throughout all three verses in this stanza, is used the word salvation. So we have in the first verse, his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Verse 2, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. So, I mean, right here in the get-go, he's, he's kind of giving this like, you know, these marvelous things. He's talking about some of the marvelous things. And he goes on in verse 3 talking about some of these marvelous things. And he says, He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. So, you know, we've got this, we've got this picture here of God being faithful to his people, specifically talking about the house of Israel. And, and, and I know, you know, sometimes we, we probably are like, you know, I, I wish it didn't talk so much about Israel. Well, I think it's important for us to understand that God's people started somewhere, okay? And the truth is, is that this passage right here is an amazing passage for us. Because even though we're, we might not be Israelites 
by you know descent necessarily, although some are, I'm sure, uh, then we have this understanding that it goes so much further than that and that what it says right here is he remembered his steadfast love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel, which again is God keeping his promises, God never changing, God always loving, right? And then it goes, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And so what was good for God's people, the people of Israel, became good for who? All the ends of the earth have seen their salvation of our God. Not to mention that verse 2 ended with, he, he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. So what was good for Israel is now good for anyone who would believe in him. I mean, this, is, this is a great passage. It's a fantastic passage. Marvelous things. Marvelous things. His righteousness. His salvation. And there it is. There it is again in verse 3. I'll read it again. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness. His love and his faithfulness to his people, to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the what? Salvation of our God. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. I mean, how amazing is it that God used people long before Jesus ever walked the earth to pin such things as this? Like, we, we have the blessing, and Isaac Watts had the blessing of being able to have a better understanding of a little more of the fullness of the story of God and his plan and what he planned on doing and was doing and was going to do, and now for us, did, in sending Jesus to do these things, to bring salvation. You see, salvation salvation for them at that moment when, when, when the Israelites would have read this or sung this, they're thinking, about, they're thinking about God's salvation and the fact that he saved them like from death, that he saved them from battle. You know, and so, so this understanding of the, you know, that even for them at this moment, they, they probably sang this at the top of their lungs like, oh, yes, God, thank you for saving our people, you know, kind of thing. Thank you for what you've done. You know, but the, the, the truth is, is that we see on the backside of Jesus and then coming and that the salvation that God really brings to the world is, is not just a salvation of saving us from battle. It is a salvation from our sin. It is salvation from ourself. It is a salvation from sorrow. It is saving us from all of these things and giving us hope in who God is and what He's done. God's righteousness and His love never changes. He, he, he's always right. Righteousness. He's always right. And He keeps for us His promises and His steadfast Love that David pins here in the Psalms. This is, this is amazing. Verse 4, let's keep going. Verse 4 says this. It says, make a joyful noise, right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Don't be afraid of it, all right? You can, you can too sometime. Uh, have, a little, have a little workshop or something maybe on that one day. Uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. All the earth, break forth into joyous song 
and sing praises. Imagine being the songwriter and, and studying this as you're spending time with God and you're going, God, you know, you know, please speak to me today as I, as I read your scriptures, you know, and then, and then you read this and you're kind of like, oh man, you know, make a joyful noise, all their break forth in joyous songs, sing praises, verse five, sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and with the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. You know, and if I'm Isaac Watts, I'm just kind of like, man, I can't ignore this. My response is a song. My response is joy to the world. Verse 7, it goes on. You know, that's, that's all, you know, like men singing, you know, and, and making noise, you know, with instruments and, and all these things and recognizing God as King, the Lord, which is awesome. And, and then in verse 7, it goes on. He changes gears a little bit right here. That's my changing gears. Sorry. So, so it's a car guy thing, I guess. Just like I automatically kind of did that. Uh, but the but the but the next stanza here, this last stanza in in the psalm of of this passage is is this switching gears to seeing that it's not just for man, but it's for his creation. Let, let's see, verse seven. Let the sea roar, and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for He comes to, the, to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is, this is, a, this is a beautiful thing when we see it in, in its fullness because, I mean, even... <laughs> even look, look at it right there in, in verse 8. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for what? Joy together. So even his creation sings out in joy. And, and you have that. Verse, we'll go back to verse 4. Verse 4 said what? Make a joyful noise. Break forth in a joyful song. Verse 6, make a joyful noise again before the king, the Lord. I mean, I, I mean, David practically wrote the song. Let's just face it, you know? I mean, I, Isaac Watts is reading through this. He's spending time with the Lord. And, and, I mean, this is just like, this is like hitting him like crazy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I mean, it just flows out of this. And we see that. There's a couple other passages that it flows out of too. And we'll, we'll look at those as well. Knowing the song as we know it, um, it, it just, you can just tell that without a doubt that this, this is, I, I feel like, that this is just a response. Joy to the world is response to the passage of this passage of Scripture and other passages of Scripture in which God is commanding and calling out, call on my name with joy, right? Let's look at the song. Let's look at the song, Joy to the World. Joy to the World, verse 1 Starts with joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. So we automatically, because we've even just been talking about some of these things, we see some of this 
song being played out through Psalm 98. This, this passage uh, of, of, even, of, even just, of even just being aware that when Isaac Watts wrote this, you know, again, to kind of switch uh, pages here in time, you know, to go from the psalm, which was write, written before Christ came, to the song Joy to the World being written after Christ came, and understanding that, that Isaac Watts is, is reading that psalm and at the same time thinking about Christ to come. He's hanging his hope. He's, his hope is in Jesus to come. That he knows he's coming. That God is going to keep this promise. And that when he comes, it's going to be so amazing. And so as we read through that, and as we read through the, the song Joy to the World, you know, we have this understanding, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. And so, and so as Isaac has written this, he's done so with like this idea that as we sing this song before Jesus comes again, that he's, he's calling out to us for us to be ready, right? For us to be ready for Jesus to come, that we would be ready for his second coming. Joy to the world. I mean, what, what, an, what an awesome, I mean, when you really think about it, especially coming out of that passage of Scripture, what a, what a perfect, what a perfect name for the song. What a perfect way to start the song. And, and, and he's saying, look, don't, don't let the world beat you down. That's not, that's not what this life is about. This life is not about us playing woe is me until Jesus comes back. It's really not. And, and he's calling to us as the scripture calls to us, you know, in saying, joy to the world, let, let your joy be in this. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And he's saying, be prepared for the day in which Jesus is coming back. And then what? And heaven and nature sing. Well, we read all about that. And we'll read more about it because he's not finished with it in the song itself. In fact, I want to read Psalm 96, which is also, we know, as another part of a passage in which Isaac Watts was kind of springboarding off of. Psalm 96, just two psalms before. In verse 11, it says this. It says, Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for what? Joy. Before the Lord, before he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So again, we've got, we've got even more understanding. Let heaven and nature sing, you know, and, and you know, and he gets, he gets, again, gets further into this. We'll come back to it here in just a minute, where he goes from, you know, this call for us to sing with joy of God's glory and then to see that God's creation itself is doing the same exact thing. We also have this kind of like reminder of stuff like Romans 8, 
you know, where it talks about that, that nature in itself, that the world is, that God's whole creation, in fact, I'll just read it, verse 8, uh, Romans 8, uh, 22, says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth now. The whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, we wait eagerly as adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not, is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So it, it's an inter- that's an interesting passage for us to read at the same time along for this, because it, does, it, it, it kind of shares two things. It's this reminder, again, that creation in of itself is literally groaning for God himself, okay? It's pointing us to that there is a creator. We, we look at creation. We see all these amazing things in creation, and, and we see the work and the, the handiwork of God himself and all that. And then furthermore, as Paul has written this to the Romans, there's this reminder that we wait eagerly. We wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we, are, we were saved. And then, and then at the very end it goes, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So we're eager, right? But we're also patient. And I know most of us are thinking, I don't like to be patient. Right? Nobody wants to be patient anymore. <laughs> you know, everybody wants it right now. You know, I walked, I walked out of my door last night. I, I, I walked in my door last night when it was dark. I walked out my door this morning, and there's a package there. Because they just, they just deliver packages all the time now. I mean, there's like never not a time that there's not an Amazon truck in my neighborhood. Right? Or my house, it seems like. And, yeah, but this, this whole picture of that we eagerly wait with hope, Christ's return, and at the same time, as, as Scripture says here, we wait for it with patience. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let's look at the, verse, the second verse of Joy to the World. The second verse says, it says, Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. So, so even, even, even the songwriter is like copying David in this like thought that you know we're gonna we're gonna encourage others that their songs would go out and do work for the glory of God. Let men their songs employ. How awesome is that? And then and then here we get back to this nature thing, okay? Here we get back to the creation singing of his praise, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. So he, he's, he's again, he's, he's, following, he's following David's lead in the understanding of what it looks like for God to be glorified in all of his creation. 
and that literally he is glorified even, even in creation of itself. He, and he, and he, takes, he takes literally the words that we see being used in verses 4 you know, through 9 of Psalm 98. You know, what's, he, what's he use? The fields? He says floods. We'll skip that for a second. Rocks, hills, plains. You know, all, all of these things. We see all these things. The floods, we're like, we don't see any floods in there. No, but we see, what do we see? We see the sea. Verse 7 of Psalm 98, let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let their hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth and he will judge the world with righteousness and the people's equity. This is, this is again, this is this huge, amazing picture that Isaac somewhat regurgitates from the psalm of something for us to see. I personally, I personally love that he doesn't use the word sea, and he chose to use the word floods. When we think about floods, we think about destruction, right? And if you have lived in Nashville for the last decade or so, then you're very familiar with, with, with what that looks like. And many of you have helped a lot of people, and this body of believers helped a ton of people during that time when we had this crazy flood that came through. And, you know, and, and yes, it, there, was, there was a ton of destruction, but, but what, what exactly did it really destroy? It destroyed material things. It destroyed the man-made stuff, Right? And, 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 and yeah, there was destruction and there was, there was a lot of grief that went along with that and a lot of loss for a lot of people. And, and, and there's no doubt about any of that. And at the same time, we were reminded of how great God is in the things that we see in nature are greater than anything that we can build, right? I mean, anything... Anything we build, I mean, we, 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 we as man, get, we get pretty like into ourselves and our stuff sometimes, you know, and we think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this thing that, you know, nothing's going to take it down, the Titanic, right? And when I look back at those pictures, and I'm also reminded of, of when many of us went to Alabama to help with uh, the tornadoes that went through there. There were a hundred and something tornadoes that went through in like a day uh, through a section of Alabama. And there was a ton of us, a ton of folks from here that went and served, just went and served others and just helped. And I mean, we'd go down there and we'd see, we'd see these trees, these huge, huge trees. I mean, and it, and, it, and it looked like somebody just took them and just stripped all the branches right off of them. They were just huge toothpicks standing in the air. Craziest thing you've ever seen. Homes thrown here and there and everywhere and people that lost someone. You know, and, and you're just reminded of just how nature and of itself, creation and of itself is so much more powerful than anything that we could ever come up with. It too sings of God's glory. It too sings of His greatness. Because creation is great, but it is not greater than the creator that made it. 
while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. The Savior reigns. So as Isaac wrote this song, again, on the backside of after Jesus had come, he is fully aware of the work that Christ has done. He's fully aware of the cross. He's fully aware that God's kingdom has been ushered in through Jesus. And he says and sings of this joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. So again, he starts out this verse. I know I'm kind of going back to the beginning of this verse. Kind of purposeful. He starts out this verse with again yet another reminder, joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Like let, let everything come under that. Right? You know, it was the first stanza was what? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. The second stanza, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. And it's this reminder of like, hey, God's got this. God's got this, and we get to come under that. We get to come under these promises and His righteousness in which He never changes, and His love never fails. And then He says, let men their songs employ. Put to work your breath to glorify God, that in our songs as we sing them, may they go to His praise. Strong. And then he's like, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He's like, do it on repeat. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Right? I've got this new stereo I put in my car earlier this year because mine died. I rode around for like six months with no music. It was driving me nuts. I was listening to stuff on my phone in the car. You ever done that? Like you just like that desperate, you know, like a little speaker, you know, like setting it on my shoulder and stuff, you know. Like, what are you listening to? I was banned, you know. And uh, <laughs> this crazy thing, I mean, I, I, I you know, and, and, it's, and of course, you know, all, all radios are fancy now, which is it's cool, you know, technology's come a long way, and so it's got a screen, you know, and, uh, and it's not one of the super expensive ones or anything, but it's got a screen. And, you, you know, it's a touch screen and all that, and it syncs to my phone, so now finally I can listen to the things off my phone actually through the stereo, you know. And, and it's all great and good, but, like, every once in a while, I hit a button. I've become, I've become that guy. Like, I've, I hit a button, and I'm like, I can't figure out what's going on with it. And, and here's, here's of late, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just like playing. Like, I'll, I'll probably go out here after church in a minute. On the way here, I was listening to, to a Matt Redman song, and when I go get in the car here in a few minutes and, you know, turn the car on, I don't, there's no telling what it's going to play. I was explaining to Gracie, I was like, you know, honey, just, just know that sometimes there may be something random that comes on daddy's car. I don't know what's coming. Some, sometimes that can be dangerous. I'm like trying to watch it. I was like, you just, you help me, you know, if you're in here. And she's like, okay. I was like, I have no control. I don't know why it picks. It's just, it does like a random pick. And then, and then, you know. Or, or, you know, or I hit that button, it's like the repeat button. And it's like, I have a hard, you know, it's all in the screen. You got to go back in the thing. And like, how in the world it's getting pushed? I have no idea. 
You know, I think it's like somebody playing a cruel joke on me or something, you know. And so you hear the same thing over and over and over on repeat. And Isaac wrote this song that we would understand certain things to be on repeat because he wants us to get it. He wants us to get it. He wants us to be reminded that when we look at God's creation, that it is singing of the praises of its Creator. Verse 3, Joy to the World, verse 3. Verse 3 says this, it says, No more let sin, sins and sorrows grow. No thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. Now, this, interestingly enough, is a verse that we don't often sing. And it was written originally by Isaac. It's part of the song. But a lot of times this verse doesn't get sung. You know, it's not as familiar, I think, as a lot of it. But the truth is also, historically, is that joy to the world has been historically left out of a lot of hymnals because of this verse. And, and now, now we're suddenly like, oh, oh, really? Well, now I'm interested in this verse. Like, what's this verse about, right? Scandalous. Can't make it in the hymnals, you know? Not all hymnals, some of them. And the, and the, and the, reason, the reasoning why it would get left out of hymnals at times was because of the change in which the rest of the song definitely comes from you know, these, this psalm passage. The truth is, I think you can make the psalm passage work with it too. Uh, but Isaac, let it be known that, that this part of, of the song really was influenced by uh, Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, uh, let's just read this, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And it speaks of Adam. And it says, And to Adam he said, verse 17, And Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree in which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. And so it's speaking of the curse in which Adam and Eve first sinned, and sin came into the world, and suddenly there was a curse on creation. So, this verse, why did Isaac put it in? Let's go back to it. No more let sins and sorrows grow. You see, here's, here's a funny thing. I, 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 hear this, I hear this conversation that's had sometimes via, via social media or somebody being interviewed or, or whatever. And, and you have these different camps of people that are believers, that are Christians, uh, and, and a lot of times in speaking about, spe- especially like churches uh, and pastors and that preaching and all of these types of things, uh, that there's these different camps of like, you've got the people over here that, that don't like to talk about sin or won't talk about sin. And, and literally, I've heard some of the, those people, some of those pastors say that they don't even talk about like the blood 
of Jesus because they just feel like that it's, you know, it's too, it's too, you know, whatever, racy or morbid or I don't know what it is. And, and, and then you've got, then you've got the camp over here that like is like hellfire brimstone. You're going to hell if, you know, and that's a whole lot of legalism, which is, is no better than the other. And the truth is that there's this middle ground where we're called to see that, that sin did enter the world. It's good for us to understand it. It's good for us to know about it. But it's even more important for us to understand what, what Isaac Watts is writing about right here. The, in this verse, he says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He's saying as far as any sin there is in this world, the blood of Jesus is enough to cover it. And folks, we can't leave that stuff out. We also don't want to be legalistic over here and fall into this. Well, if you fall into this sin, you're going to hell. No, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. And that's a pretty clear-cut thing. It has to do with our sin, but not specific sin. You see what I'm saying? God has freed us, freed us from exactly what Isaac is wanting us to see. He's, he's excited about this, you know? Joy to the world, right? And, and, and so when he starts out a verse that says, no more let sins and sorrows grow, he's not like, you know, let's put it into a minor key and no more let sins and sorrows grow. No more let sins and sorrows grow. Right? He's not doing that. This is joy to the world. He's like, no more let sins and sorrows grow. Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. So wherever sin is, his blessings, his forgiveness is enough to cover it. And all we have to do is believe. So good. So good. Verse 4. Last verse of the song. And it says this. It says, He rules the world. And and this is the perfect verse to follow verse 3. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. He rules the world. How, 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 how may, what a great way to end your last, your last verse. Like if you're, if you're coming strong on the first line of every verse and you got, here comes verse four and you're the songwriter and you're like, well, I can't let, I can't let us down on this one. You know, we've got we've to come strong on this. He rules the world with truth and grace. And it, that, that right there, it speaks of God's righteousness. It speaks that He is a just God, but that He is also a loving God. And in that, we see that these two things are not opposed to each other. A good parent is a parent who is just, but loves a child. That's God the Father for us. Like He loves us. He loves us so much, so much that He sent His Son to die for us. 
he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Makes the nations prove. Prove what? It just says right there. Makes the nations prove of the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. He's saying, I'm going to make the whole earth, going to make the whole earth sing my praise. The whole earth. And my praise, you know, going back, going back to uh, that, the passage itself in Psalm 98, where it says, for he has done what? Marvelous things? Marvelous things. Uh, you think? You know? And it's like when David writes that, it's like, man, David, you know, and of course he does, he gets specific. He talks about, you know, God's salvation and his righteousness and, you know, in the sight of all the nations, remembering his steadfast love and his faithfulness and all those things. And right here, Isaac just puts that back out there. He's just saying it different. And he says, he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love, the marvelous things. That's part of the marvelous things in which God has done for us. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. I'm reminded of that passage, and I, I go back to it so often, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Every nation will prove. Every person will prove to God, who, who they are, who they've trusted in. What is their God? What is it that they have worshipped in their life? And not in some way to make us feel guilty, but for us just to be reminded in this moment of how great God is and how, how minor most of the things are that we spend so much of our time like so anxious about, worrying about. And, and hence why he might write a song that has a line in it that says, no more let sins and sorrows grow. He's saying, no, no, no. Trust in the Lord. Put your hope in Him. May your happiness, may your joy be in Him. Joy to the world. See, Jesus was rejected in the first coming. But in the second, He's coming to put up a throne. And He will rule the world. He died to purchase the joy the angels announced at his birth. He died to purchase the joy the angels announced at his birth. Did you, did you, did you pick up on that? Have you thought about that? Because so far we've been talking about Old Testament right here, right? Most of it. Not the Romans passage. But at the birth of Jesus, what happened? Was there any joy? Well, yeah. There's joy all over the place. Go back and look at when the angel comes and tells of John the Baptist coming to his mom. And, and that they bring, what, good news, right? Well, here's, here's another one that might be familiar to. Good old Luke 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, them being the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for who? All the people. I'll read it again. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
that will be for all the people. Great joy for all the people. Who are you? Who am I? We're all the people. We're part of all the people. We get to have the blessing of the work in which God has done for us. We can rejoice knowing that the King has come. And with this baby, fullness of joy was born for all who would believe. For all who would believe. What kind of joy is your life right now? What kind of joy is your life? Is it materialistic joy? Man, that's so easy, isn't it? That's so easy. I can do that all day long. And it's so empty, you know? You know, if, if, you, if you think a collection of something can make you happy, I'm just here to tell you it can't. Come to my house. I'll show you a whole bunch of collections of junk. It ain't making anybody happy. I'm not saying it's not fun. But my happiness can't be found in it. Yours can't either. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. No more let sins and sorrows grow. No more let sins and sorrows grow. He rules the world with truth and grace. He rules the world with truth and grace. Have you experienced the grace of God? Have you experienced the forgiveness that comes in trusting in Jesus and His blood shed on the cross, His death given in place of ours? Have you trusted in that? Have you put your trust in that? I'm not talking about do you know about it. I'm talking about have you put your trust in it? Have you put your faith in the Lord that He has saved you from your sin and made you new? Because that is exactly what He wants to do. And He wants to do it and not just, not just give you fire insurance for eternity, but He's doing it that He might make you new today and that His light might shine through you. That He would be glorified and everything that you do. If you haven't, you can, and you can today. I would love to pray with you about that, talk with you about that, try to answer any questions. And I'm praying that God is speaking to your heart, and I pray that you won't ignore Him in doing so. And in that, I say this, joy to the world. Let's pray. God, thank you for the clarity of your gospel. Thank you for the good news of understanding what you have done for us and that what you've done for us isn't because we, we deserve it, but God, because you love us, you care for us, you want to work through us, God, be glorified in us. God, for that person that's never trusted in you today to be their Savior, God, I pray that you would speak to their heart now. God, I pray that they would understand the gospel in a way today that maybe they never have. God, that you would speak 
through it. God, show them, Lord, their need for you as a Savior. God, help them to have faith. Help them to trust in you. God, we put our hope in you, Lord, not just for our salvation, but, Lord, for even things like our joy. God, we recognize that we need you, and, God, we pray that you would be glorified in us. Use us for your glory. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.